0: All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer. This stands for the one and twos. This r and Friday, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out their new pre-made alcoholic drinks as well. Or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right. Um. Uh, yeah, so real quick, not to spend too much time on it, but about the Vince McMahon thing. So, again, about $12.6 million played uh, to kind of handle some uh, sexual misconduct, I guess. So did you find out, are these employees of, the, of his company or are these just other women? Just
1: So they are employees within the company. Okay. Ranging from executives... To wrestlers, female wrestlers, all right, this is four women over a span of sixteen years, according to uh, ESPN uh, of course, this is stemming from the initial Wall Street Journal report last month with the uh, the three million dollar payment the they
0: there's just I'm not going to say all, but there's a lot of men who become wealthy and have power. Um, that live their life in the spotlight that just do not know how to act around women, attract women. I can always tell men that are, I can always tell men that wasn't used to getting women when they were younger before they became wealthy and famous. Because how they act when they're wealthy and famous. I can always tell when guys that you can tell they're not used to, they got shot down a lot. Okay? Boxes of Kleenex and everything stacked by the bedroom dresser. Those guys. Because when you get the money and you just know that you're a target, like there's certain things that you, and I get it, Vince is old. So Vince comes back, he goes back in the day, of the cast and couch era. You know, he, he is, he's from that. Oh, you better be lucky to have a job. A skirt looks good on you today. Talk to you later. like he, I could just, I don't like the stereotype, but it just, hey, man, prove 12.6. But, um, you know, and it's crazy because when I brought this topic up last time, I remember we had somebody comment on Facebook Live. I can't remember who it was, but he was saying that it didn't surprise him because the guy's twisted and sick. And I, I would have to have my, uh, Kansas City Rob and Dante my expert gurus in the WWE world I would have to have them confirm this but I do believe that Vince was so twisted he got backlash like he had wrote a script about basically almost like having a relationship with his daughter or something like that it was twisted and then it got shot down is that is that a rumor or is that, is that true
1: uh, Bleacher Report um, has has written on it Saying that it was a proposed storyline um, that, thankfully, never, never you know, came to fruition. The where that there was a an incestual relationship in the family, and ultimately claiming on screen that he was the father of Stephanie's child.
0: That's disturbing.
1: It, that is a storyline that never happened. Uh, to clarify for everybody I, out I, there, I a storyline that never happened. I get it. Just due to the fact that you had. The
0: idea to put that to pen to paper is disturbing, and I understand we live in a weird world right now. That makes me a little disgusted. I didn't know if it was true or not, but I remember the last time I brought this up about weeks ago. Some guy, somebody had posted that on Facebook Live comments, but um, but yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see what happens to him if anything happens. I mean, are, is he possibly facing any type of charges? Or this is just... All been sealed and delivered and paid off.
1: This is just more when the report came out in the Wall Street Journal about this money that wasn't earmarked for other things and the, and the WWE had to do its digging. This is just now skeletons in the closet coming out to light and this is money already previously spent. So these are things, uh, non-disclosure agreements have already been signed. Hmm. This is, this is already, these are things that he handled, but we're just learning a little bit more about who the man is. So he pissed somebody off and somebody ratted to somebody, let
0: everybody, Hey, you know what's going on with Vince? You know what he's involved with? I get you. Or somebody, or
1: or somebody, a new intern going through the books and being like, why are we spending 12, why did we spend $12 million in 2008? Yeah. But somebody had to be, well, yeah, but that's still like, unless you got
0: it in for Vince, I mean. Who wants to be the mole? Somebody's got to be the mole that's calling TMZ or the Washington Journal or whoever and leaguing it, you know? Somebody's got to be responsible for the deep throat, you know? Pause. But, yeah, hey, all y'all that don't like history, Rich Nixon, you know, go there, that, that was thing, like, hey, come on, you know, stay with the program. You know, young people, oh, my gosh. No wonder they play a disclaimer for a show. Anyway, but – um. No man, that's again. There's your there's your wrestling update. So that's there's there's your king right there. You know, even though you know, because he's had because he's kind of taking a back step, right? He's not really in the face of
1: WWE. He's kind of like kind of taking a back seat, you know. Just right? Am I right? I mean, not from what I've seen lately. He's definitely been making appearances after the report came out the other week. Um, he he introduced, I think it was Monday Night Raw. Um, <sighs> And, and 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 from from the center of the the ring um and then he was just at ufc 276 this last weekend with his daughter stephanie oh. um and uh some other people they they just finished their taping or whatever across the street and came over for the main event it was that was there when adesanya walked out to the undertaker's intro ananda wrestling also you know uh Switching gears, uh, we'll, we'll keep a update on that Vince thing
0: as things develop over the week. Maybe it'll just go away. Um, but another thing, a couple other things develop, um, you know, NFL-wise. I've been trying to talk about this since Tuesday, but we've just been getting caught up with other topics and running out of time. But Demarius Thomas, uh, you know, former NFL wide receiver, former Denver Bronco, Houston Texans uh, wide receiver, you know. He, you know, he passed away. Everybody knows he passed away last year, what, a year ago. Well, it's coming out, wasn't it about that long already? It's been a while. Maybe not quite a year yet.
1: Not quite. Okay,
0: not quite a year yet. But he passed away, and it came out early this week that he had stage two CTE. It was December. It was December. Okay, not quite a year yet. Um, not quite. So just over six months. Yeah, seems like. I mean, it seems like forever, but not hear yet. Um, look. I've talked about this topic on this show for years. I just feel, you know, I used to be a defender of the shield when it came to this CT stuff, when the numbers were out there. To be honest with you, kind of things changed for me when I saw the Will Smith movie. Um, Then I started looking like, okay, you know, there's something to this. And then I started thinking like, all right, you know what? No wonder the NFL is settling, and you got a lot of old players talking about they can't get their medical bill to fits paid and all that. It was a real political thing to do with this CTE. And I remember that, you know, going back to the late Junior Seau, you know, when Seau took his life, a lot of people pretty much said, hey, you know what? He had CTE. That's the reason why. But then I started thinking, you know, there's a lot of guys, and it, I think it just depends on the level of how it affects you. But I was like, there's a lot of guys, I think, that have CTE that wouldn't commit. So it's like, how do we not know, you know, Junior Seau wasn't dealing with other demons in his life at that time for that tragic thing to, to take place? But – I The one thing I will say out of all the money that has been donated to try to make this game safer and technology now and, you know, independent neurosurgeons on the sideline and stuff like that to say, hey, that guy's got to come out. And I'm not saying they they're not, but I just really wish that they can get to a point here soon where you can test people for CTE when they're living. Because at the end of the day, you know, Des Bryant tweeted about this the other day because he was like, hey, man, I think all of us that play got traces of CT. And that's the kind of way I feel, too. I feel like if you if you other than maybe a field goal kicker all his life or a place kicker, if you get I guarantee you anybody that's played at least 10 years in the offensive line or the defensive line, you've got traces of CTE in your brain. And I think you start looking at other positions, and I just feel like everybody that's played this game is going to get CT. It's just one of those situations that I just feel like every deceased NFL player, like we dig in. And I know sometimes, most of the time, the family is the one that makes the the decisions that we want the brain, you know, studied and examined. But the truth of the matter is I just feel sometimes like, uh, it just kind of sets away like, all right, man. Like, so, I mean, I knew we knew he had seizures from that. And maybe that was a stint from the CT, but stage two, I just feel the, my main point of this segment is I just wish we can get to a point where we can start tracing this and finding this stuff out. while guys are living. Same thing with Aaron Hernandez. I mean, we're caught up in a double murder situation, all this. And after the, you know, he kills himself in the prison, it comes out. Then it's like, well, and I don't know if it was just a, a tactic by his lawyer, whatever. But it was Rook. Cool. Oh, you know what? He had. He was dealing with CTE. So,
1: well, football players, as, as you're coming up through the through the years, you know, you are going into those collisions repeatedly uh, at every step, and and definitely not with the best training. Anyway, but I think that one of the things that that really could help this all come to light a little bit more in terms of testing and things like that. Is the fact that a lot of these players do have to be honest when they when they feel different, right? Right. It's just a part of the continued part of the mental health conversation, and and being being able to speak on when you no longer feel like yourself, or if you're feeling depressed, or if you're feeling you know if a football player is feeling suicidal or something like that, being able to have those conversations and for that to be okay. Because those are the signs that we know when, when w- that you can tell your mentality is changing a little bit those things might be able to help you spot it but it, it's just a greater part of that conversation and and when you spend your whole life being hyper aggressive in the arena of competition and, and and not being able to show this I know, I know we're getting to a point now society you know where it's becoming a little bit more okay you know men feel like they can speak out more about you know, uh, issues well, first of of all, they're dealing I with.
0: I don't think CTE should never be something that a player or man should be um, embarrassed to talk about. I mean, it's out in the open now. I mean, it's been out in the open for years. And yes, and the, the facts are: the NFL they tried to hide it. I mean, you know, I've fought this for years in the show, but the truth of the matter is. Maybe your cover-up is too harsh, but it was some type of cover-up, man. And that's why they had to shut out a lot of money, and that's where our rules are changed. That's why you hear guys, oh, man, this I don't watch football anymore. You can't hit nobody. Just put on, you might as well play flag football. That's the reason why. Because you got a lot of guys from the 80s, the 70s. I mean, just go back to the 80s. I mean, even the early 90s, that their quality of life and the way they feel is different. It is bad right now at this age. When you're talking about guys that are 60, going on almost 60 now, 57 that played around that time. But the crazy thing is, you'll pull all of them and they'll tell you they'll do it all over again. I think Tony Dor said, you know, his his health has really deteriorated over the years and he's dealing with it. But you know, they've I've seen Tony Dor said on a few occasions, say, "Hey man, I do it over again." Because you just think all those guys back then, the training staff, it was a different era. They didn't really know all that what's going. on. It's like, hey man, you all right? Get back in there. You know, I was watching on the NFL Network the other night. I think they were talking about it was the football football life of Jim Kelly. And it was a game, I think it was, you know, right before they went on their Super Bowl runs when they were really finding out that we got something special. uh, There was a game that they were playing and they were down. And I, I don't know, I think it was to Miami maybe. But he took a tough shot and he was concussed. But he came back in a few plays later. And that's what would happen back then. Like, you know, you can, and, and that it took a while to get to the point now where it's like, no, I'll take his helmet. But I think all the things that the league is trying to do to make the game safer, I just think those are one of the things that we can start testing guys and knowing the levels, whether it's a stage two. And then that way I think you become more of decisions. Probably the cause and effect of that is you're going to see more guys retire early or maybe be scared, but it just depends. I mean, hell, look at the stories. Go look at some of the stories of Jim McMahon. I mean, Jimmy, man, everybody used to wonder why he walked around with sunglasses all the time. Well, even after his post-career, you know, like you said, he had to have, he got two guys, I think it was in Arizona, that came out with a new study, a new treatment that they wanted to reach out to him to do. It was almost like they gave him an oil change in the back of his neck. He had like a drip constantly from his brain. He just said it was like a drummer boy. Just in the between your ears, all with the headaches, and can you imagine that? And like so, and Jim McMahon, we've seen. I mean, if you're old enough, like I am, you can remember some of them hits and the way them that game was played back then on some of them hits. Old uh, Punky QB took. So that's the thing. I mean, sad situation for Demarius Thomas, but I just you know for that information to come out, like you say, even it's only been six months later, it is what it is. But hopefully that they can go ahead. And uh, find a way to advance and kind of get guys and treat guys that have those symptoms of what's going on. But I think honestly, you got to think in the trenches. If you're an offensive lineman, man, you are banging your head every snap. The first contact for the ball leaves the receiver, the running back. It's the guys in the trench, especially the offensive lineman. And I'll go with the defensive line, but offensive lineman. If you've played probably at least five years in this in the NFL as a starting offensive lineman or longer you got CTE. If it, if that's, if, I mean, if this is really what, you got CTE. And because think about it, if you're an offensive lineman and you're to this level in NFL, you've been an offensive lineman most likely since middle school, high school, college. So it's not like your brain's like, okay, we're not going to start the damage now. We'll wait till you get to the pros. And I'm not trying to be funny about it because it's serious. But at the end of the day, that right there will tell you just the, So I think as we go into the future, as we go three years, four years from now, you're gonna hard. I mean, it was the hot button topic word, you know, about eight nine years ago because there was billion dollars lawsuits going on and people were trying to bring. Hey, hey, hold on, let's let's look through these files. The NFL, and then it's died down a little bit because people seen the game getting you know safer. But I'm telling you, probably in the next three, four, five, probably about four or five years, this is going to become more of a topic because I think you're going to get more guys that are even living that are going to be complaining about certain ways and symptoms and feels. And that's just the way I feel about that. And it'll be surrounded around that CT. But it's definitely an effect of why you've seen people retire as early as you've seen in the last few years from the National Football League, especially because the money's better. But, I mean, also it's because of that, hey, man, I've got a little money. I want to be able to live life. I want to be able to enjoy this money. Or if I've got two or three kids, I want to be able to, you know, spend time with them and go to their games. You know, violent sport, man. That's why I always say they're underpaid. They are. Compared to all professional sports, they're underpaid. And I know when you hear some of these contracts, especially the quarterback position, I get it. But in the NFL, your career could be over in one play and your life could be over in one play. You know, go look at Ryan Shazier, former Pittsburgh Steeler. Look how hard he had to fall back just to be able to stand and walk two feet on his own. So to me, all on a Monday night, you know, it's, it's just it's uh it's definitely a gladiator uh sport at that level. What you got?
1: Well, it is one of those things where, again, that national conversation can't die down. The Will Smith movie, 2015. Yeah. So so it's been you know, it's been a part of the But, it, but like you said, it, it's been dissipi- uh, dissipating a little bit. But uh, a headline that, that I noticed the other day. Uh, NFL executive Troy Vincent mm. speaking on flag football. Did you
0: catch this one? I think I caught a little bit of
1: the headlines, but go it, ahead. It, it's it's a part of a push for the by the NFL to try to get flag football put into the Olympics. That's right at Olympic time. Because that too. way, that way you can clear like like football in America with the pads and the helmets and everything like that. It's, it can become an expensive sport, but if you take away a lot of the equipment and you play flag football that makes it a little bit more international makes it for a stage to be able to have men and women's flag football. So if you're pushing for that Olympics, does it, does it start to take away from the tackling side? Do do we start that transition then?
0: No, man, I, I think there'll always be tackle football. Participation might go down maybe there's other athletes younger their parents steer them a different way but no there'll be some form of tackle football you'll have you can't sell that other stuff not not the dollar amount that you do right now but tackle football that's my opinion listen to the sports crime broadcasting here from the hazel skyline studios we'll be back ready for a real cocktail introducing new zing zang ready to drink cocktails in a camp america's number one bloody mary mix with vodka professionalism, respect, accountability, and communication. These are the values at Tiger Sanitation, serving the needs of the greater San Antonio area. From residential to commercial waste and recycling services, Tiger Sanitation works hard to keep the communities they serve safe and clean. After all, as a local family-owned business, their families live, shop, and play here too. For more, visit tigersanitation.com. Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of The Sports Grind. All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, Mr. sand Spinner, the one and twos. And this next segment, we're broadcasting from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential or commercial needs. That is Way to Grow, official sponsor of the sports grind. Okay. So we've got a couple more things uh, to get to, but before we do that, before we move on to the topic, let's go to the phones here real quick. Let's go to Stan. Stan, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300 of The Zone. What's up, Stan? Hey, what's up, Calvin? I haven't uh, called in a while. Right. Uh, but I would re- I, the reason why I was calling is because I know you was talking about that CTE. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember the stories that uh, Tony set used to say. He had a bad bout with CTE to the point to where when he would leave the house, he wouldn't even remember where he was going at
1: times.
0: Mm-hmm. And it was pretty bad with him. And I don't know if he ever got me help with it. They don't talk too much about it, but he had a bad bout with it. Yeah, you know? So just wanted to let you know that. Yeah, I appreciate you call. Thanks for the phone call, Stan. Um, yeah, I've heard a lot of those stories. I mean, and it's a sad situation because really the other thing, part of it is, is I don't really think you know, there's a really a way that they've known how to really treat it or really like a medicine or whatever that you can really go. It just, and, and it comes, your symptoms are different. I think the symptoms, for what I've heard, is different for everybody. Um, you know, it's, it's hell, you know, in that movie we talk about with Will Smith, I mean, you talk about, uh, Corey Webster, which was featured, you know, the former Pittsburgh Steeler back in the steel curtain era. You know, so I mean, you know, the deal went, first of all, back then, nobody knew what the hell was going on but to know the stories of what he was going to you know drinking antifreeze trying to kill himself you know being you know driving a truck and having a gun I mean it was just it, I mean it was terrible cuz a lot of guys like what the hell you know what's going on so again I think the NFL has been doing a good job I mean I didn't want to bring this up as a bash NFL segment it was just one of those situations to where you know, there might be I mean, I had my uh, buddy uh, text me about maybe there's an age where they start, you know, having a mandatory test. Like you got to get tested for it at a certain time. You know, I think those are things that will be on the horizon because the more of these football players pass for whatever reason and they get examined and the more come. Out, hey, CTCT is something that you're going to want to. Probably bring back to light and something that is going to be brought back to the light because the more of the generation of players that come in, the more self-conscious, and the more awareness and the more they care about certain things that speak up than other players, you know, previous, you know, because usually football players just thought, right, you know, I'm going to have a hard time getting out of bed because my bones hurt. My legs hurt. I mean, that's one thing. But this other CT situation is, is, is kind of a scary ordeal.
1: It reminds me a lot of a story I read during the uh, during the pandemic when we were deep in it. With uh, Sports Illustrated, written a piece on the linebackers from USC. I don't yeah. know if you ever caught this one, but uh, there's of all their linebackers, I feel like it's about eight have di- eight former starting linebackers of USC have died before the age of fifty. Mm. Whether they've taken their own life or or it's gone, well, it really comes down to that, but just right. in different manners. Whether it's, you know, you, they drank themselves or got into a car accident because of, you know, their behavior was off or uh, it's a 50, but, but 33. Demarius Thomas was 33 in stage two. Yeah. Well, and we don't know what those stages exactly mean as to how the deterioration, um, you know, the, it, it, and it, I don't even know that there's necessarily a cure. I mean, you'd have, you're talking about kind of curing dementia. No, because it's, it's, it's not. It it is messing
0: with your brain. Yeah, it's not really a, a cure. So much for it. I mean, I, you know, and the or scary a thing. The scary thing about Demarius Thomas because I've seen. You know, I'm not going to sit there and say I've seen every. I mean, yeah, I've seen every Demarius Thomas game in, in, uh, in, the in a Bronco uniform. But when he kind of moved on, but I've seen a lot. So my point is, what's scary about that to me is that I don't really recall seeing Demarius Thomas laid out too much, like concussions. Like you know, there's certain players like we all. Troy Aikman, a lot of concussions. I mean, he claims his day doesn't really affect him, and that's not really the reason why he retired. Um, you know, he's selling out, selling his beer around everywhere. Um, but that's the scary thing. Like, there's certain – like, Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski's the guy we've seen get lit up. We've seen – I mean, he's a big guy. He's taken a pounding over the course of his career. Um, but we've seen him, and, and there's no shock that you – like, if it's like, – well, Rob Gronkowski has, you know – Stage two CT, that wouldn't be a surprise to me. Guys that you know play physical, going, uh, you know, hope not. But he's from that era. One of my favorite receivers of all time, a uh, Heinz Ward. Uh, it, would it shock me to see Heinz Ward? I'm saying hell no. Heinz was going over the middle, man. You know, that's another thing. You know, we talk about rule changes and we talk about quarterbacks and these different rules. That's another thing, receivers too, because receivers now. You don't really, I mean, I'm not going to say you don't, but the fear level of going over the middle, knowing that they can't light you up is a big difference for guys that receivers that played in the 70s, 80s, 90s, early 90s, to where even hell in the early 2000s, that you going over that middle with a safety that can hit you high or whatever, it's a difference. So to me, some of these numbers with these receivers, that a stockpile a little bit more, I think than just the rule. Change. It's just the fact like, Hey, yeah, that's contributed a lot. It's a lot different, when you know, you can go with middle and can't get lit up, but that's a side note. But, uh, but yeah, but it's a situation. It'll develop, you know, like you said, I think you brought up a good point. Like, you know, that movie came out in 2015 and then all of a sudden it's kind of died down. It has, but it's, it's starting to come up a little bit more when you have some of these deaths that are coming out, switching gears a little bit. Other thing that came across my radar, um, former heavyweight champion, Mike Tyson. Okay, um, everybody knows that Mike has, you know, Mike is taking a big investment. I would say probably at least in the last five years, maybe a little bit longer, in the marijuana game. Mike was doing a podcast the other day and said that him and his partners, and he said him personally because he, he they're on a farm they grow. Mike said he smokes about forty thousand dollars. Worth of marijuana a month. Let me tell you something. Like, I personally know some smokers. Okay? That I commu- commun- communicate every day. And I will tell you that that can, that can smoke. 40, The first of all, that's some high-quality stuff. And, you know, Mike, for people that don't know, Mike has, like, his own brand of smoking stuff, rolling paper, non-tobacco roll. You can find it at Hazel Sky, any 10 locations here in San Antonio. And if you go to hazelskyonline.com, I know they carry a lot of Mike Tyson product. Um, he's having a game. But $40,000 worth of smoke. So that got me to think. Like, if Mike is smoking, and I don't understand why he would lie, but if he's smoking $40,000 a month in marijuana, that's almost a half a million dollars a year you're smoking, I would say, then what the hell, like, I would go back to some of the greats, the Smoke Dog Hall of Fame, Willie Nelson is the grandfather and I have to think like, damn, in Willie's prime, like Willie's old as hell now too, but in his prime, how much was Willie blowing? Now it's different. Uh, we're in a different ball game right now. And I don't think Willie never I know he lent his name to a bunch of stuff, but I don't know if he had his own farm. And I'm thinking about Snoop Dogg. How much money would you think Snoop, you know, pretty much smoked? Because it just came out the other day. I think Snoop pays somebody Snoop pays somebody a hundred thousand, gave him a raise because of inflation. He paid somebody a hundred thousand a year just to go ahead and roll his blunts. And let me wow. tell you that, I mean, people might think, well, a hundred, I ain't paying a, that's, that's very convenient. That's very, to have somebody that's a personal roller on deck, that saves a lot of time. I don't know about spending a hundred thousand, but that spends a lot, that, that, that saves a lot of time. You know,
1: also. Well,
0: that's, so think, that's also
1: a hundred thousand for trust too, right? Then you're not going to steal from me. I'm going to take care of you. You're going to get paid. So you're not going to take my stash. You're not going to start selling about it on it. the side. You're not going to. That guy has to go
0: to everywhere Snoop travels to, whether it's a concert, whether it's an appearance, whether it's going to go cook with with uh, with what's the name? Um, Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. That guy's got to be on deck. It's almost like having you. That's more than even having a personal barber. You know, there's a lot of guys in my culture. They'll they'll travel around with their own personal barber. Pete, Iddy, a lot of, but a personal roller. So yeah, start thinking of some of the goats. I was like, damn, how much snoop do you think blow? If Mike Tyson's forty thousand, some of the young cats. Um Yeah, I see SB San Antonio. I know. Yeah, I was gonna say Wiz Khalifa. I mean, Wiz got his own string and, and strand, and he's got his own stuff anytime you see Wiz on ig or somewhere Wiz is blowing um and let me tell you some people can there's a there is a thing such as functional potheads and marijuana heads like you you can function like smoking some people think like damn it, you smoking all the time are you vegging out how can you get anything done some people can function with it um but whiz would be up there who else is a big smoker i think but that just got forty thousand dollars and he's making a, and and pretty much it's like probably just a write-off because at the end of the day that's part of the whole business they're in and they're making a ton of money off of their marijuana and not only that his products you know that he has but that's a that's a uh that's a that's that's a lot that's a lot that's an easy and, and i think he said joints and blunts that's easy, 15 to 20 blunts a day. Maybe between joints and blunts a day. That's easy. And I might be shortchanging it. That's 50, 20 blunts a day.
1: Yeah, but I mean, at what point does financial equal, uh, you know, it's come over from quantity to quality? I mean, there's, you could say that you drink, you know, $50,000 a month, but there's bottles out there that retail for 20. 15, well, whatever that would I,
0: be. You know, he did in that podcast and that thing, he did say it's very high quality. But look, man, I, you you can have some high quality stuff. OK, paying one hundred dollars a gram, you know, two hundred a gram. I don't care what high quality is. Forty thousand dollars smoking. Forty thousand dollars worth of marijuana a month. That's a lot. That's a lot of blunts and joints, man. That's a lot. I mean, so and that's a, almost, that's a half a million. That's almost a half a million dollars a year to that. That's a lot, man. You know, for some people out there that thought you were smoking a lot, take a gander at that. Because there's some people out there just think, man, I'm smoke king. You can't outsmoke me. 40 grand? I know some cats that could probably hang with Snoop for about a day or two. And that's the whole thing. But, we, yeah, I saw, who else? They said Cheech and Chong, yeah. Cheech and Chong. They've been doing a long-ass time. What do they lungs look like? But this is this stuff these days and times is just different. A lot of stuff get in the labs, get certain type of stuff, fertile I put on them and all that. Only the effects will come out another 20, 30 years of what the effects will be. Only live once, though. But anyway, uh, real quick, uh, baseball note. I know we've been light on the baseball note. The only thing, the San Francisco Giants, man, I don't know what the hell happened to the Giants. I mean, they were the surprise team. Last year, and I just think they, I think they snapped it. But just like a week ago, they were like on a ten-game losing streak. So the Giants have caught my eye to be. What's wrong with y'all? Um, I kind of told y'all yesterday the Mets. I had the question if they were real. Uh They're continue to uh, to march on. Um, also, um, continuing, you got the Wimbledon finals coming up. You know, Nadal said it yesterday. Kind of broke before. You know, he had to you know withdraw. Domino Strain sucks for my man. You know, uh, I think Jokers made it to another. And my other guy, who's he playing? Did they – I've never – what's my man's name? I've never cared too much for him.
1: And Nick Kiergios. Yeah. Kiergios. Yeah,
0: man. He He's he's kind of gotten a little bit more mature. You know, this is the guy that, you know, wants to channel the inner John Mackerel that's always bitching at uh, line judges and everything. Well, he hasn't won a Grand Slam yet. You know, this is going to be his – I think this is his closest opportunity he's getting. I don't know if he's going to beat the joke in the finals, but I know he's got some pressure on him to finally get because he's been all usually mouth and partying. So he's, he just, he's always rubbed me the wrong way. What, what you got?
1: In other sports, we talk about having the bye week, the time off. No. Uh, if you don't get to have the mental preparation for something like a semifinal against Nadal to get ready for this final, you, to where you, you advanced because of your play, not because of a dropout, Mm. Is there anything that, as a former tennis player yourself, that this is something that the psychologically is he ready for for the final stage?
0: First of all, never even came close to breathing on the ATP tour. Son of that, if I started earlier, maybe I would have. But
1: I don't know uh, if no, tennis has that no, mental no. element. Oh, like hey, hey, you're
0: on the island, man. You ain't got a, a guy coming off the bench to save your ass. You ain't got a teammate like, hey, man, I'm, I'm five for 20 tonight from the field. Can you help me out? No, man, you step in there. It's mono a mono. Yeah, you got to have focus. I mean, this has been part of his problem in his career. Uh, like I said, it's been a lot of, you know, reported partying and stuff like that. He's getting a little bit older. He's maturing, but yeah, but I don't think not, you know, getting by because you don't have to face no doll. I don't think that changes any more lack of focus. In his direction, in my opinion. But we'll see if he'll get his first one. I wouldn't bet on it, though. But that's a wrap for today and the week. Special thanks to producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Mr. Sandspin, the one and twos. San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people of Tyler, people in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off Monday morning for you at the snooze button and for you out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See y'all next week.